On today's episode, I'll go over the Rockford Ice Hogs getting eliminated from the Calder Cup playoffs, Patrick Kane essentially shutting the door on a return to the Blackhawks, and Alex Stalock's season recap. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Friday, May 5th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can all find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, just a reminder that you can follow along or subscribe for free on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure to do that real quick so that you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day. All right, good afternoon, everyone. As always, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you to everyone out there for making the show your very first listen here to start off your Friday. And I hope everyone's Friday is going well up to this point. We finally got some lovely weather here in the Chicago land area. And it looks like it's going to be in the 70s for the next week or so. Fingers crossed on that front because the 50s starting to get real old. I'm sick of having to wear sweatshirts and sweatpants as we're into May now. It's supposed to be when the weather's starting to get a little bit nicer. So Nice to see that following through. Hopefully, we can consistently start getting this type of weather, start getting back outside, out on the golf course, and enjoying everything that comes with the summer months. And of course, part of that is the Stanley Cup playoffs, and that's actually where I'm going to begin today's episode. I figured we could talk about the non-news news that came out of New York on Thursday morning is... Patrick Kane held his first exit interview as a member of the Rangers following their disappointing 4-0 shutout loss to the New Jersey Devils in Game 7 recently. And as a result of that loss, of course, the Blackhawks do not get a first-round pick from the Rangers as part of the Patrick Kane trade. They will get their 2023 second-round pick, which now gives the Blackhawks four selections at the moment in the second round, six picks within the first two rounds and eight picks within the first three. So even though they don't get another first round pick from the Rangers, that's pretty disappointing. They are still sitting pretty heading into the 2023 NHL draft. And with the Blackhawks having a slew of cap space this offseason, I think Kyle Davidson's going to be pretty aggressive in the trade market to try to get an extra first round pick once again, like we saw him do last year. But going back to Kaner, during his exit interview with the New York Rangers, Uh, He was asked by, uh, I don't know who the reporter was off the top of my head. I apologize for that. But basically, he was asked about, you know, any thoughts maybe of going back to Chicago now that he's a free agent for the first time in his career. Of course, his contract uh, now has officially expired or will expire on July 1st. And he'll hit the free agent market, like I said, for the first time in his entire career, a very different situation than Patrick Kane is used to being in, obviously. But uh, when asked that question about any thoughts on returning to the Blackhawks, now that he's a free agent and can essentially choose his destination once again, 
he kind of shut it down immediately. He said, and I quote, they're rebuilding. So that's really never crossed my mind if I'm being honest with you. And there it is, Blackhawks fans. There it is. And if you were still holding out hope that Kaner was, you know, wanting to come back to Chicago and help them out through this rebuild, it's over. It's officially over. And, you know, I don't want to talk about this for too long because it's really not news. It's the non-news news. And we had this happen so many times with Patrick Kane prior to the deadline, the non-update update where we haven't learned anything at all, but we still have to talk about it. This feels like a, a similar situation to that because, listen, if you were one of the Blackhawks fans that were holding out hope that Patrick Kane was going to come back, it just, ugh, I respect the daydreaming and, um, Wanting that to happen, you know, um, thinking about what could possibly be if Kaner were to come back to Chicago and maybe help this Blackhawks team throughout the rebuild. It, it was just, it was never going to happen. And let's be honest here. That was the reason why they traded him in the first place, right? Like if they wanted Patrick Kane here through the rebuild, they wouldn't have been wanting to trade him. It just, it just doesn't make sense. So for him to come back, it kind of even makes less sense, right? And he spoke about it honestly. They're rebuilding. So what's enticing for Patrick Kane to come back here, right? I mean, he waived his no-movement clause to leave here because he wasn't going to be winning here in Chicago. He hasn't had an opportunity to win legitimately in quite some time. And with the Blackhawks, not only are they in a rebuild, but they're in a very patient, slow-moving rebuild. And that's been very obvious throughout this first year based on how Kyle Davidson, A, has handled the prospects, B, the moves that he's made in free agency. I mean, last year, bring in Athanasiu, Domi, um, Alex Stalock. You know, they're not moves of a contending team. And we also heard um, Davidson speak out at the end of the season saying that's probably going to be the path for the Blackhawks once again this offseason. What's exciting about that to Patrick Kane? Why would he want to come back to a team who's you know, I, I don't want to say they're trying to lose, but they're from a front office perspective, they're not trying to put too much talent on the ice because they don't want to be winning too many games. And the reality is the Blackhawks are probably going to be going through a similar situation that we saw this year once again next season. And none of that's enticing to Patrick Kane. He wants to, he wants to win. This is a guy who didn't sniff it basically from 2018 to 2023. The last five years of his career, the Blackhawks have just kind of wasted it. And I don't, there, there shouldn't be any disdain towards Patrick Kane that he doesn't want to come back. If any of us were in his situation, we wouldn't want to come back. We would want to pursue other opportunities and try to win, achieve the ultimate goal, which is raising the Stanley Cup. And listen, that's just not going to happen here in Chicago. The soonest is like 2026, it feels like, or 2027, right? Like, and that might even be thinking optimistically. And Patrick Kane, at 34 years old, he just doesn't have the time to sit around and wait and hope for the best. No, he's got to try to be active and find the best situation for him. And that just isn't in Chicago. And then the other part of it, too, is Patrick Kane, I I've been saying this for a year now, he's got to get surgery. And he spoke to the media about this as well up in New York during his exit interview. He said he'll know probably by next week, whether or not he's going to have to get surgery or, or uh, what, what's going to happen with his nagging lower, lower body injury that's been plaguing him for far too long. It was very obvious this season, right, with the Blackhawks. He put up minuscule numbers, never really clicked with the Rangers, had it going early on in that first round series with the Devils, but didn't do much in games three through seven. 
a lot of that it has to be due to the injury because we know what Patrick Kane's capable of. We know what 88 can do when he's fully healthy. And it just wasn't evident this year for really the first time in his NHL career. So I know this has been something that Kaner has been thinking about for a couple of years now, but I think he has to get surgery to address that lower body injury. And why would the Blackhawks want to bring him back if he's dealing with surgery, he's on the wrong side of 30, he's getting older, they're going to have to pay him a pretty penny, even if he still takes a hometown discount. And that's just not a situation the Blackhawks want to be in. It's just not a situation Patrick Kane wants to be in. As sad as it is to say, it's over, Blackhawks fans. It's over. And look at all the stuff of Patrick Kane I have behind me, right? Like my dog was named Kane who lived for 14 years. I named him in 2009. It doesn't get bigger of a Patrick Kane fan than this guy over here. But you have to realize all good things come to an end. And it's unfortunate, but don't don't be sad that it's over. Be happy that it happened because you don't get runs like that. These, these things just don't happen in professional sports. You don't get three championships in five years all that often. And Patrick Kane, along with Jonathan Taves, were the heartbeat of that here in Chicago. And we just got to be blessed for all the special times that we had. Is it sad that it's come to an end? Absolutely. And I feel for all you Blackhawks fans who are, you know, a little bit emotional or whatever the emotions are. I feel it in here too. I, I know this was my hero, my idol growing up. And to hear that he's not coming back, yeah, it stings, but it's just the fact of the matter. You got to realize this is a business from the player's perspective, from the front office perspective, and on both ends, it just doesn't make sense business-wise. So yeah, it's sad that Patrick Kane, you know, essentially all but closed the door on a return to the Blackhawks. But at the end of the day, we already kind of knew that they wouldn't have done it if they wouldn't have traded him if uh, they wanted him part of the future. So, again, don't be sad that it's officially coming to a close. Be happy and grateful that it happened because Patrick Kane gave us so many memories throughout the years. And in my opinion, he's the greatest Blackhawk of all time. All right. There are my thoughts on Patrick Kane essentially closing the door on a return to the Blackhawks. Coming up in just a moment, I will discuss the Rockford Icehogs getting knocked out of the Calder Cup playoffs. But first, real quick, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. And are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories? Well, then you got to try Built Bar. And I know some of you out there are asking to yourselves, well, what makes Built Bar taste so good? First off, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate and come in unbelievable flavors such as cinnamon churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, and plenty more. Plus, they only have 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein in every single bar. And right now, you can go on down to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and get you a pack of Built Bars. Go and pick up a four-pack of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or you can even try Built Bar Puffs, which are also outrageously tasty. Go and buy a four-pack right now, and I promise you'll be thanking me later. Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team 
every day. Before I get into segment two real quick, I do want to let you all know about all of the awesome stuff that I have planned for Lockdown Blackhawks here in the offseason. Of course, I've already started to go through my season recap segments. I'll be going over goaltender Alex Stalock's season here in just a moment. I've also recently had Rockford Icehawks players Joey Anderson, Alec Regula, and Ryder Rolston on the show. Make sure to go and click on my YouTube channel to check all of those out. I also recently had an off-season chat with Charlie Romeliotis from NBC Sports Chicago. We discussed a lot of good stuff there. I always appreciate and enjoy when Charlie comes on the show, and he provides so much insight. So definitely make sure to go watch that interview as well. I also am planning on having Joe Brand from WGN back on the show sometime soon. And then, of course, we're just three days away from the all-so-important NHL draft lottery. And once that occurs, we'll find out where the Blackhawks are picking in the 2023 NHL draft. And I'll start to go over NHL draft profiles for each of the players that are expected to go um, wherever the Blackhawks wind up, of course. Then I'll also be taking a look at some potential free agent fits for the Hawks. And I got my end of the season top 10 prospects list coming up soon. So tons of good stuff planned for the next couple of months, honestly, here on Lockdown Blackhawks. Make sure to go and subscribe to that YouTube channel if you haven't done so already to be all caught up on all of that. All right, segment two, I do want to talk for a moment about uh, the Rockford Icehogs falling in game three to the Texas Stars as they were officially swept out of the Calder Cup playoffs following a 4-2 to loss in game three and Pretty similarly to the first two games of the series, the Icehawks just really struggled to get anything set up in the offensive zone. They just didn't have a lot of cycles, not a lot of possession time. They were unable to win battles, and um, the offense just was stymied basically all series long. They wind up scoring six goals total in the three games combined frustrating that the Ice Hogs couldn't do more on the offensive end, but at the same time, you do got to give a lot of credit to Texas because it was, it was very evident their goal and how they wanted to go about things from a defensive perspective against these Rockford Ice Hogs. They played a stand-up game at the blue line and at the red line. They made the Ice Hogs go and dump it in, win foot races, retrieve the puck, go and forecheck hard. And Texas just did a really good job of kind of sweeping the pocket and keeping it out of harm's way and limiting limiting the amount of offensive zone possession time and the dangerous chances that the Rockford Icehawks could put up. You got to give Texas a lot of credit because they clearly had a game plan and they executed it to darn near perfection because, like I just said, the Icehawks offense never really found their groove throughout the entirety of the series. They couldn't get anything set up, just couldn't really build any momentum because they couldn't get anything started. So got to get a a lot of credit to uh, the Texas Stars defense and their game plan. And you also got to give a lot of credit to Matthew Murray in net for Texas because he outdueled Arvid Soderbloom in this series. And that's not even to say that Soderbloom was bad. I, I don't... I don't think he was as good as he was in the Calder Cup playoffs last year, but at the same time, when he scores six goals in three games, how do you expect to win? You also give up the opening goal in all three games. You're consistently playing from behind. That's a very tough spot to put a young goaltender in Arvid Soderbloom in, um, but he was definitely outplayed by Matthew Murray. He was great in net for Texas in all three games, and that really 
made a huge difference in this winding up being a series sweep. I just, I didn't see this one happening. I thought the Ice Hogs were going to be able to build off some of that momentum that they generated from a two game sweep in the play in series over the Iowa Wild, but they just never managed to get it clicking. So, yeah, frustrating that this Ice Hogs season winds up coming to a close the same way that it did last year as they were swept by the Chicago Wolves in the Central Division semifinals. And yeah, I think everyone kind of expected this team to take a greater leap. I'm sure the organization's expectations based on the moves that they made, you know, bringing in all those veterans, David Gust, Brett Sini, Luke Phil, Rocco Grimaldi, Andy Walensky, you know, they made those moves with the intention of giving this roster some veterans to try to gear up and make it through the Calder Cup playoffs and to get swept in three games it's absolutely frustrating, but those additions, they just, they just didn't do enough. The second line of Philip Sini and Gus, they were so good in that playing series and they just really struggled to do anything against Texas. And uh, another huge part too, that I got to talk about was uh, the lack of execution from the top line of Rocco Grimaldi, Lucas Reichel and Joey Anderson. Joey Anderson did score in games one and two, but that top line just never got anything going. Like, realistically, they, they were absent throughout this entire three-game series. And Reichel didn't have a point through the first four games. And I talked about how on Wednesday's show, um, he was called out a little bit by Rockford Icehawks head coach Anders Sorensen for his inconsistency. And he never really was able to pick it up in games two or three. He did go on to uh, get his first point and goal of the series, but that came with 16 seconds left garbage time when the score was already four to one, a meaningless goal for Lucas Reichel. And other than that, he was shut out by the Texas Stars in the rest of the series. And that caused quite a commotion on Twitter, which I found a little bit baffling. Like I saw people saying Reichel blows, Reichel's a bust, he plays the game wrong. I'm like, did you guys watch this Watch this kid in the NHL at the end of the season, or are you just watching the five games of action that he had in the Calder Cup playoffs? And it was quite frustrating to see people say that about Lucas Reichel, a 20-year-old kid who has exceeded expectations, certainly so far in his development. 17th overall pick, comes over to North America a year earlier than ex- expected, is a point-per-game player for the Rockford Ice Hogs last year, was even though he was playing with some veterans, some guys who are much older than him, he handled his own and was probably the top player for the Rockford Ice Hogs this season, has a phenomenal stretch up on the top line at the NHL level, kind of proves to everyone that he's going to be a full-time NHL or next season. At least I think that's the expectation. So for people to kind of lose their marbles over five games, pretty frustrating. And here's why you don't do that, Blackhawks fans. Here's why you don't give knee-jerk reactions. And this is something that I've seriously learned so much since kind of entering this world, the sports media world and the sports media business, don't give knee-jerk reactions because a lot of times they're going to come back to haunt you and bite you. And that's exactly what happened here. Lots of people ripping on Lucas Reichel for being far too quiet in the Calder Cup playoffs. I get it. I get the frustration. You wanted him to do more. He came up empty. Well, the Rockford Ice Hogs announced after the game that Reichel suffered an injury in the second play-in game against the Iowa Wild and was playing through that during the entire series with the Texas Stars. And I'm sure that played a, you know, it was said to be a minor injury according to Charlie Romeliotis on Twitter, but 
I'm sure that had to play a part in Lucas Reichel and that top line struggles because all year long when he was at the AHL level, he was consistently producing, being a playmaker, leading the charge for the Rockford Ice Hogs, and he wasn't that same guy here in the Calder Cup playoffs. Makes sense that he was battling through something throughout the entirety of the series. He Sure, that played a huge part in why Reichel struggled so much, so... The bashing of Lucas Reichel on Twitter, so unnecessary. What are we doing? This kid's going to be the stud of our forward group next year. One of the probably only few players that we're actually going to be excited to watch and will keep this Blackhawks team enticing. Don't go throwing bad words about him on Twitter. It was not his fault, all right? There were a lot of quiet pieces for the Rockford Ice Hogs throughout this postseason run of theirs. Like, I get the frustration that you want to see Reichel do more, but stop yelling at 20-year-old kids on Twitter. It's absolutely outrageous. I still believe Lucas Reichel is going to be a very special player for the Chicago Blackhawks next season. Also, due to the injury that Reichel suffered in Game 2 against Iowa, I wanted to be sure to mention that he won't be playing for Team Germany in the World Championships that are coming up here pretty soon. And I believe he's been a part of that team for the next – or for the – last two years now, excuse me, and it's been kind of fun seeing what Reichel could do in the world championships. Altogether, I think they're a pretty fun tournament, not the most entertaining because the rosters aren't very deep, but you love to see competition going on at all times of the year, so it's exciting, but I'm sure Germany's a little bit disappointed that one of their top-end players in Lucas Reichel isn't going to be playing for them this year in the world championships. I also wanted to mention that uh, Blackhawks organization will have three members of their roster playing for the United States. Goaltender Drew Camesso will be there for Team USA. And I love this choice by Camesso, right? Just getting more and more international experience. He's already wrapped up a pretty good amount of it at his young age. And I just think it's another great experience for him to get some action, play against professionals and grown men and you know, it's only going to help continue throughout his development progress. So process, I should say. So very excited to hear that Drew Comesso is going to be playing for the United States. Anders Bjork is also going to be suiting up for Team USA. It'll be interesting to see how he performs in that tournament after showing some flashes for the Blackhawks late in the season. Rocco Grimaldi has also been a late addition to Team USA's roster now that the Ice Hogs have been eliminated from the postseason. So Blackhawks organization will have three players on the United States roster for the world championships. Worth noting though, that Seth Jones, he said in his exit interview that he won't be playing for the team USA this summer. He was captain America last year for the United States. And with the rosters being announced, Connor Murphy during his exit interview said he was kind of on the fence. Doesn't look like he's going to be playing for the United States at the World Championships either. I know he's planning on getting married this summer, so probably wants to take the time and relax with his family and with his fiance, soon-to-be wife. Understandable out of Murphy deserves this offseason. Hopefully that will have him ready to go for next season. Um, but yeah, those are all the updates out of the World Championships. Always a fun tournament. I should know when they're starting. I apologize, but yeah couple Blackhawks players going to be suiting up for the United States. Also, Adam Fantilli officially will be playing for Team Canada. Worth keeping an eye on him as the Blackhawks are in the mix to be, you know, a potential top two, top three pick in the 2023 NHL draft. Lots of things to keep an eye on here at the World Championships that are coming up soon. All right, before I wrap up today's show, I have to get into 
my next Blackhawks season recap segment. And for those of you who have missed it, I think I've gone through six now already. Andreas Athanasiu, Tyler Johnson, Connor Murphy, Seth Jones, Jared Tenorti. I've gone through a good amount of players already. And if you've missed some of them, make sure to go back and click on the channel, click on each video. I have everything time-coded in the description so you can easily jump to that segment and get all caught up on my season recaps. But without further ado, up next on my season recap segments, we have none other than 35-year-old goaltender Alex Stalock, who the Blackhawks took a chance on in free agency last summer after he missed the entire COVID-shortened 2021 season and played in just one NHL game in 21-2022 due to myocarditis and post-COVID, which I've talked about a couple of times on the show already, didn't only have Stalock concerned about his future as a professional hockey player. Now, it also had him concerned about being a dad. He was really worried at home about how this was going to impact him. He wasn't feeling like himself, and it must have been a very scary time for Alex Stalock. But the great news was he felt good enough to return to professional hockey full-time once again for the 2022-2023 season, and he was given an NHL contract by the Chicago Blackhawks to be their backup behind Peter Morazic. And this is something I've also mentioned a ton of times on the show already too, but I do love telling this story because when Alex Stalock was first signed, the reason why Blackhawks fans were so pumped about it is because they went and looked at his hockey reference or his um, elite prospects or, or whatever um, stats page that people go and look up stuff. And they saw that Alex Stalock was uh, only appeared in one NHL game in 2021, 2022. And really hadn't put up good numbers at any level, both the NHL and the AHL in a couple of years. And with the Blackhawks, you know, obviously announcing that they're in a full-blown rebuild just a couple of months prior to that, everyone was like, yes, this is the perfect backup goalie for Peter Morazic, Alex Stalock, probably not even an NHLer at this point in his career. He's going to come in and be able to lose a lot of games for this Blackhawks team. And everyone was excited about that possibility. And then everything kind of flipped on his head because it turns out Alex Stalock was pretty awesome this year for the Chicago Blackhawks and really made the most of his opportunity here in Chicago. And I fully believe he's deserving of a chance from another NHL club, probably not going to be a starter on a good team, but I think he's a very capable backup and just a good dude. I talked to Joey Anderson from the Rockford Ice Hogs. I had to ask him, I'm like, Alex Stalock, he's got to be an awesome guy in the locker room, right? And he said, oh yeah, no doubt. He's a good dude. Um, but the way he plays the game, <laughs> how entertaining he is, he's must see TV and he always brings the right attitude. Even in his exit interview, like he was well aware that he's not going to be coming back to the Blackhawks next year. It just doesn't make sense with who they have in the organization at this point, but he wore it on his chin. I mean, he just, it seemed like he was just so grateful for the opportunity and he just it was such a good dude and also a phenomenal goaltender when he was healthy. That was Really, the only problem was he dealt with some concussion issues and was kept off of the ice. He only appeared in 27 games this season, which kind of kind of interesting because when you think about the season the Blackhawks had, at least to me, I feel like Alex Stalock started like half the games for the Blackhawks, but he realistically only started 24 of their 82 games this season. I don't know if it's because how entertaining he was in the net or how good he was, a combination of both or, or what, but it felt like Alex Stalock started more games for that than the Blackhawks this year. But getting into his numbers, S, like I said, he appeared in 27 games, made 24 starts, which is actually the second most he's ever made in the NHL behind 
only the 2019-20 uh, season with the Minnesota Wild, where he started 36 games. But a good, you know, season's worth of action for Alex Stalock, especially after, you know, not really being an NHL or having consistent action for a couple of years. Um, I, I wish it was more games, be, but, you know, battled through some injuries, ended up making 24 starts for the Blackhawks this season. The record in those 27 games worth of action was 9-15-2. And, and kind of similarly, like, I think Alex Daylock only won nine games in net for the Blackhawks this year. I know they were terrible, and they didn't win many games as a team. But to only have nine wins, it really felt like he would have had more. Um, but a lot of those kind of came down the stretch when the Blackhawks were in full-on tank mode post-trade deadline. The roster in front of Staylock was just not very good at all. And that kind of actually made these numbers, they're still certainly impressive numbers on the Chicago Blackhawks team, but it kind of diluted them a little bit because they really were better. I think Alex Staylock at one point was like 8-7-1 or something, and uh, his goals against average that he finished with on the season was 3.01 along with a 0.908 save percentage. At one point in time, Alex Daylock's save percentage was like 918, 919, and the goals against average was like 25, 26. He had some really impressive numbers until the Blackhawks kind of sold everything away and basically had an AHL club uh, up at the NHL level in front of Alex Daylock. So these numbers really were a lot better until that final stretch. And here's another kind of statistic to help show you how these numbers kind of got diluted at the end of the season. In his first 13 appearances with the Blackhawks this past year, Alex Stalock gave up four or more goals only twice in his first 13 appearances. That happened seven times in his final 14 appearances of the season. So that kind of tells you how good things were early on when the Blackhawks had that entire roster together and then kind of how shaky it got uh, once they, you know, they ended up losing 14 of their last 16 games or, or something along that. 12 of their last 14, it was not good. Didn't help out Alex Stalock and his numbers, but altogether, there's no denying that these numbers still 3.01 goals against average, 908 save percentage, two shutouts. The only two shutouts for the Blackhawks this year, I believe. It's undoubtedly impressive considering this was one of the worst teams in the entire NHL. And in that first 13, 14 game stretch for Stalock, he truthfully was one of the best goalies in the entire NHL this season. He also had a quality save percentage of 54.2%. It posted a quality start in 13 out of his 24 starts. And I would honestly say that's a numbers perspective. I believe it's only a quality start if you allow three or less goals or something along those lines. Alex Stalock realistically had a probably had a quality start at 19 or 20 out of his 24 starts. Like there were very few nights where he was Swiss cheese for the Blackhawks and was allowing what was doing them a due diligence when he was in that. There were very few nights where he was hurting the Blackhawks chances. So I know the numbers show that he only had a 54.2 quality start percentage. I would say that's closer to the 75 mark because he brought his A game most nights that he got the nod for the Blackhawks. Also ended up saving uh, three goals above expected. That was probably a higher number until the end of the season, but all in all, really, really solid numbers across the board for Alex Stalock. If he had a better team in front of him, he easily would have had a winning record and these numbers would have been a lot better, I'm sure. So considering everything that he went through, the Blackhawks did not give him any help at the end of the season where he kind of went on a poor run to make his stats look a little bit worse, but altogether, with the expectations that Stalock had going into the season of being not a very good backup, 
he proved that he can be a legitimate number two in the NHL for a really good team. And I think he exceeded everyone's expectations and he was so fun to watch. He made this Blackhawks team a little bit more bearable throughout the entirety of the season. And I greatly appreciate that. It was always a roller coaster ride a little bit when Stalock wasn't that because you never know what he was going to do. You never knew how far he was going to come out of the net. He loves passing the puck. He loves being involved. And I was absolutely here for it. So all things considered, I'm going to give Alex Stalock an A for his performance this season. By the way, make sure to go and be voting on these polls. Go and follow at Talking Hockey on Twitter so you can give your two cents on what grade each of these players deserve. I had, I believe, 150 or 160 votes on Twitter for Jared Tenorti. Only had 100 for Alex Stalock. So let's try to get these numbers up a little bit more. Uh, make sure to go and follow at Talking Hockey on Twitter if you haven't done so already. Out of the 91 votes that I got, 53% voted for a B for Staylock, 36% voted for an A. I think it's hard-pressed not to give him an A considering the expectations and everything that came along with it this season. I thought he hit a home run. He was an awesome guy. He was fun to watch and a good goaltender. I wish the Blackhawks could bring him back. It's just a number ga- numbers game at this point, so it sadly won't be happening. But I really did enjoy the Alex Stalock experience while he was here in Chicago, and I'm giving him an A for his performance in that for the Blackhawks this season. All right, I think that is going to wrap up Friday, May 5th's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. By the way, shout out to my boy Moneybags out there. I doubt he's watching this episode But happy birthday to my boy Moneybags. It's Friday, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, and you bet your sweet behind we're going to be enjoying ourselves tonight. So shout out to my boy Moneybags. Happy birthday, buddy. And shout out to everyone who's tuned into today's episode. I greatly appreciate it. As always, make sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks uh, wherever you get your podcasts and go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. And that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day. Once again, I'm your host, Jag Bushman. You can all find me out on Twitter at JagBushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all of the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until the next episode, everyone out there, enjoy your weekend, and thanks again for tuning into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.